My name is Emily McCormick, and this changed my life. What's this, you ask? Good question. You'll find the answer as you listen in. My friends and I dive into everything from faith to fashion, culture to coffee, purpose to parenting, leadership to love, and so much more. So settle in and let's learn and laugh together. Hey friends, I am super excited for today's episode. We have a very special guest, Desiree Siegfried, and I cannot wait for you just to hear our conversation that we had. We talk about her book, we talk about identity, comparison, Jesus, love, truth, the church in this moment, and maybe, just maybe, you get to hear a few questions I asked her about the show that she was on called The Bachelorette. So stay tuned. I think you're going to enjoy, and I think you will be super encouraged. Okay, hi, Des. Hi, it's so good to see you. Oh, it's so good to see you. I have loved, I just think you're great. You're so beautiful. All the things that you have done from, well, first let's start out. If people are like, why do I recognize that name? I think I've heard her before. Tell us a little bit why you think maybe some of those listeners would have heard of you before. Yeah, no problem. Um, So many, many years ago, uh, I was on The Bachelor and Bachelorette, and that's, you know, I w- that's how I found my husband. Yes. And with that, you have been busy. I mean, you've had babies. Yes. You've gotten married and you have also birthed several other projects, which is incredible. So will you just give us a little snapshot of what sure. life has been like? Yeah, sure. Life has been chaotic, um, but good. So I design wedding dresses for Des- Desiree Hartsock Bridal, my own label. And that's really has always been my, my heart and my passion to design. And Hmm. then in 2020, uh, the Lord put it on my heart to start a podcast. And that's like out of my comfort zone, out of everything I ever, you know, really wanted to do. And so I started it. Yeah. You know, I don't really, I I typically like even being on the show, I never really wanted to be on a show or on TV. I'm very, I was very much reserved, introverted. And, um, so it's just, that's where it's just like all God. Like I just stepped into what God wanted for me and this is where I'm at. But I have many friends who would be upset if I didn't ask um, one thing about The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Sure. And that is, and I used to watch it. I don't watch it anymore, but do you eat? And if not, if you don't, why not? <laughs> that's so funny. Um, So you actually don't eat any of the meals that are prepared for you during the dates. Um, They don't want you eating the food while you're trying to talk. Uh, because they won't want to air that. So yeah. it's literally just beautiful food in front of you. I personally always took a bite of everything <laughs> um, because I wasn't going to let that food go to waste. Um, totally. So what you do is you actually eat just like, you know, Subway or something silly in between your breaks. So so you have a date, you know, you don't really eat that food and then you eat off camera and then you go onto your date to let the food sit and then you might eat afterwards. So it's just kind of crazy. I know. Another question is, did you have the freedom to make your choices with roses or was that manipulated and maybe that's too strong of a word or were you, did you have freedom in those things? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a, a, a a big question, but, um, I think it's different for everyone. Like for me personally, 
Um, they never forced me to keep anyone or forced me to choose one person over the other. It's more so just a numbers game. So like when people get so upset that, you know, a villain is still there, it's mainly just because maybe that person can at least talk to them and is fine with them being there. Although they know deep down that's not their person. So it's just, it's hard as a viewer, you're like, send her home. But really (laughs) it's like a numbers game. He can only send home so many people and he's going to send home people that he can't like talk to. Like, or like for me personally, if anyone was getting stronger feelings than I was, and I already knew that they weren't my person, I would have to send them home. But then sometimes that meant someone else stays, you know? So it's just, it's a numbers game. And so, but they don't, they don't force you to keep anyone. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, thank yeah. you for obliging. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so I would love to hear about your book. Yes. Road to Roses. And I think I have it June 22nd is the official launch yes. date. So June 22nd is when it's out available, but you can pre-order right now. Um, I did. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I talk about, you know, a lot of it is to like identity. So it's the ident- the identity, you know, that we establish when we're young and and those experiences that we go through that really mold us into who we think we are. Mm-hmm. So for instance, for me, like sensitivity was always a thing. Like you're too sensitive. You're too. So it was either that I was like too much or I was not enough because I was too quiet or too, you know, um, agreeable. And I would just let everyone, you know, talk for me. And so it's just interesting how that would then weave into dating and then how it would weave into the perceptions of myself and then, you know, coming onto the show, that's a whole testimony in itself, but, um, allowing other people to speak into me rather than really trusting my identity in Christ and who God has called me to be. And so that's, that's truly like a, a huge lesson and a huge, um, growth that I had to go through to really lose the fear of man, lose, um, caring what people thought and also putting what they thought of me as my own thoughts of myself. And so really stripping that away. Yes. Yeah. Stripping that away and just being like, God, like I'm loved because you love me. I'm worthy because you see me worthy. I'm beautiful because you created me. And so it was really focusing my attention on that rather than you know, all the other negative things people could, <laughs> would say about me. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. And so when you, when was that process for you or what did that look like? I mean, you, you leave the show, you have a bajillion and one critics or fans yeah. all intertwined and probably changes day by day. Yeah. How do you, I, let's go the identity route and maybe even the fear of man route. Cause I know that's something that is constantly coming back to me fear of man. It's like that thorn. I'm like, no God, I know who you said I am. I know what I'm called to do. It does not matter those things that they say, but it can be paralyzing. And I can't imagine so many voices in your head. Well, yeah. And I mean, the enemy knows where to attack. So wherever you are called to like, whatever you are called to do and whatever God has given you the gifts to do, the enemy will attack that spot. And And I'm realizing now later in life, like that has always been my voice. Like I have always been crippled in that where I, I'm not, I'm not confident enough. I I don't know. I don't know how to articulate my feelings. I don't know how to articulate what I believe. I don't know how, you know, and all of these, I don't get in my head to where then I don't speak and I don't stand up for myself. And so 
I would say, honestly, just in the past couple of years, especially 2020, it's, I, I needed that to be stripped away because of, you know, obviously it was a very hostile, um, you know, um, environment on social media yeah. in 2020. And so, but it, but it pushed me to challenge myself in terms of like, like what, what do I need to say and, and how do I need to say that? And really, truly, what do I believe and why do I need to believe this? Um, and finding that discernment in God. And so the more discernment I found, the more confident I found myself to be in God. And then I found that just continued to strip away those feelings and the need to be liked um, yeah. because, you know, rejection is part of life and, and not everyone's going to like you and that's okay. Not everyone, lo- most people did not like Jesus and yeah. it's because he spoke truth and he wasn't agreeable um, mm-hmm. with everyone. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't care to just be, ple- to be liked. And I think that's what honestly the church as a whole is struggling with is they just want to fit in and be liked. And it's like, we are not called to do that. We are called to speak truth where it needs to be spoken. And, and that's okay if they don't like us. <laughs> um, but I'm saying this because I took me a long time to strip that away. And it just feels so good. There's so much freedom now where I feel, I just feel so, I just feel just free. Yes, which is so cool. And I've, I have found when I've experienced rejection, and really sat in that and realized, man, the fear of rejection is so much worse than the rejection rejection itself. Because yeah. in that place, I have found, oh God, you're still here. You're still with mm-hmm. me. You still speak those truths over me. So the fear of rejection and the what ifs and the, oh, if they don't like me in this, or if I don't please people in this, but when it actually yeah. happens, the realization of it is not as bad as the fear of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people are variables. Like their feelings are variable. Like, you know, what they say about you or what they do about you is all a variable, but the constant in life is God. And he's always there and he's always going to keep us up and keep us strong if we turn to him, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, he's always there. He's a constant, but are we going to turn to him or are we going to turn to what other people say about us. And, um, so yeah, I'd say that's a huge lesson I learned, um, throughout life, especially going into it now and, and, and being bold is also a thing that for years and years and years I had to like pray for, um, just cause it's not my natural personality. So I had to pray for that. And I'm just so thankful I did because now we are in a time of life where we have to be bold. Yeah, totally. Well, it, it's cool hearing that that's something you prayed for because as an observer, someone who has just followed you and seen the different things that you've pursued, it's so obvious. There is just this this humility because sometimes this, there's this false idea of like, but if I use my voice and if I proclaim and if I promote in quotes, that's a weird word, but is it going to seem like arrogance or pride? But it's like, no, we have these gifts, not on our own accord. Yeah, You have these experiences because God has seen fit to give them to you. And so with humble boldness to declare the things that you've walked through, your testimony, your challenges, and it's been really beautiful to watch and really encouraging. Thank you. you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Absolutely. So what, 
if you were to say one of your biggest challenges and how you overcame that, what could you, whether it's a time of life, an experience? I mean, I don't even know. I feel like um, it's been just seasonal. So there's always like a struggle or a, which I mean, that's human life, you know, that's, it's what it is, you know? Um, so I mean, it, you know, dating life, those were all just like heartbreaks or being so broke that I couldn't even like afford my life. Um, mm-hmm. those were all struggles that I had to really overcome. Um, but the one year, like it, when I was living in California, this was like years before the show, but the year leading up to the show, um, I just, I got back into my faith and I was like fervently seeking him and mm-hmm. I was taking time to, to really be intimate with the word and, and, and know what he wanted for me. And, um, that was also the hardest year of my life. So wow. because I was just so incredibly broke, like I, I just, I couldn't, I just didn't know what to do. And I didn't see what was ahead like I would ask God all the time, like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what to do. Like, what do you, what's in store? Um, but I couldn't even get out of my situation because I had no money. <laughs> so I was just working for pennies, you know, and it was just, it was just hard. Um, but I was faithful. So even though I was broke, if he led me to give to a poor guy on the street, I gave. If he told wow. me to tithe, I tithed. And it just reminds me of, you know, the woman with the perfume and how she washes Jesus feet with it. And, you know, she's a poor woman, but she used all she had to bless him. And he blesses us when we, when we act out in, in steps of faith. And then literally within six months later, like I was on the show and it's just cool to see how God works um, and how just being faithful and trusting him in that waiting Trusting him in that waiting was hard, but yeah. I had the hope and I had the faith to know that something better was yet to come. <laughs> so you mentioned the, I don't remember the exact word to use, but this idea of like, yes, scripture being the scripture, but there's okay. also like a heart posture and knowing yeah. that relational side. Um, I feel like in our culture right now, even as we love people, there's so much of that that's missing. There's just this lack of knowledge of, you know, we just have to love and accept and just affirm and be just all, all love. And I mean, Jesus loved so well, but then the scripture piece of truth, of really knowing your foundation, that yeah. equips you to full love. Yeah. So what, I'm just curious of your opinion. When in, the, in 2021, 2020, 2021, yeah. how do you think if you, if you had a platform right now and you were in front of a bunch of believers and you said, I think this is what Christ is asking us to do in this yeah. cultural moment of how to represent Jesus mm-hmm. well, what would you say? I'd say put down your pride. Like... Oh. Yeah. I mean, I think the church is full of pride and it sucks, you know, but, um, wow, it makes me emotional because it's like, so yeah, you need scripture because the word of God is your sword. It is your, it is, it's your tools to be able to come to combat the enemy. So you need scripture, but sometimes, and I know people like this and it's, the religious spirit is over them, the legalistic spirit to where it is just rules, rules, rules. It is this, this, this. I know scripture, so I am better. 
And that's not at all what Jesus came to do. That's not what he came for. So Mm -hmm. it's hard because you have those on both spectrums. You have the proud. Yes. And then you have the ones who are like, just love, just love, just love. And it's like, okay, yes, Jesus loved well. And he brought everyone in. His his table was full with everyone. Everyone was welcome. Yeah, totally. One way I always, it's so helpful for me to remember like how to love like Christ is to remember. I think sometimes it's so easy to forget where we were or where we would be yeah. without him. And an exercise that I try to do is I, I try to play out who, who, what are my natural kind of tendencies or like sin habits or selfishness. And if it were not for Christ, where would I be? And even letting myself go there of like, it just brings me back to that humble posture of, oh, thank you, God, that you've saved me. Thank yeah. you for what and for what you saved me from. And I never, I never had to go there, but yeah. to, re- to reflect on that, because then it just gives me this posture of, oh, I just want to share that love with everyone, no matter how far gone they are or what yeah. I think of. Yeah, there's, there's so much condemnation on like that people are giving to other people yet. Who are we to judge? Like God is our only judge. Like it's just frustrating to see, but, but I mean, I do believe that just stems from pride and like believing that they are superior and it's unfortunate because it gives Christians a very bad name, a very bad name to be Christian is like, it's just, and then you have these new movements, you know, progressive Christianity and people are just confused. Yes, And, um, and so I think that's where the only way we can get through to everyone and to anyone you come in contact with is just keeping that heart posture of like Jesus, like back to those, like in the nineties, what would Jesus do? You know, like, like seriously, I don't know. It just, I I so agree. The confusion, confusion, that's one of the frustrating things that I've talked more about probably this year than ever is I'm just frustrated at the way that Jesus is being represented, at the way that the name Christian is being attached to, because so many yes. times I'm like, I don't want to be associated with that name, but I am. I love Jesus more than anything, but oh, he's being so misrepresented. And I know that he yes. can handle his reputation, but I also take that seriously that we are supposed to model and say, hey, look at me as I follow Christ. Yeah. And it's just, but it's, it's so confusing. I I don't even think Christians know where to go. And I'll be honest. Yeah. Back when it, all the 2020 stuff happened, it was very confusing, but I was able, but so I took a moment that made, it forced me to take a moment with my Bible to be like, God, you show me, like you, you show me what's going on because I, I cannot, I do not understand and nor will I, you know, it's like, he has the answers. Um, and so it's hard though, because there is that fine line, like we are to help and like, we are here to invite everyone into the conversation, but also into the love and, and, um, there's just so much divide and so much division and, and it's not right. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole like cancel culture and the whole, you don't think like me, so bye. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't handle it. Let's talk about comparison. I know you mentioned that word before, but um, I would just love to know how you, you know, the quote, comparison is the thief of joy. That is like a life quote for me and has brought so much freedom for me in so many areas. But have you, I mean, I'm guessing it's a rhetor or like a given, but have you dealt with comparison? And if so, how do you deal with that? 
yes, I have had many insecurities of my, my appearance of everything, but for some reason I just had this like, accept, okay. It's not a, it's not confidence. It's acceptance of myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like maybe it's not like full confidence, but it's kind of like an acceptance of like, you know, this is who I am. Like, sorry if you don't like it, but, but the self-doubt was a struggle. And so what I, what I've learned, we all have different traits. We all have, I might be doing dresses and the next person might be doing dresses, but we all have something unique to offer. And I had, to be honest, like there's many times I'm like, why would I even launch this? Like, I'm not good enough. Look at that person doing this amazing thing. And I will say too, actually, now that we're talking about it, I guess even in ministry, I've had doubts of like, oh, they're doing, look at what she does. That's so cool. Like so amazing. Oh, what if I could be like bold like that? What if I could like, and then, but then I get, you know, the ping in my spirit of like, you be more like you. Yeah. You are not her. Like yeah. you be more like you. I remember when I was starting this podcast and the same, same exact thing, I'm looking at all these other voices. I'm like, oh, but they're, they're saying similar things that I would want to say the same yeah. topics or the yeah. same. And I just thought, so why I do? And it was just the like, well, it's my act of obedience. That's the bottom yeah. line is what, if God has given me a passion to speak, a passion to talk about him, a passion to hear story and share them with the world. Me saying no based on someone else, that's just disobedience. And I'm yeah. missing out on the joy of when I get to say yes. And the people and that you would reach like, are missing exactly. out. Yeah. And like you said, you're going to reach a different people than I will reach. And there's just such beauty in that. And, and there, isn't it so freeing when you say yes, when you know it's what you're supposed to do? Yes. Absolutely. The joy of that is just, and it's been, and when you know that, I mean, even for the listeners who feel like I felt like I would, I was supposed to start painting or start using my sign language for, as a gift of worship, whatever it is, or start a podcast. Yeah. If it is an ask and you feel you're led to do it, the joy of the obedience is so much better than the joy of followers or reposts or likes. When you know, I'm just being faithful yeah. and I'm so excited that I get to say yes to this. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, it's so true. And it's like a lot of times I feel like my my yeses or the things that he wants me to do are outside of my comfort zone. So it's an even more push to act out in faith and be like, yes. all right, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. But you want me to. So here we go. But, um, and it's super vulnerable. I'm sure you feel that with yeah. just putting yourself out your design, yeah. like you said, your designs or your voice or your prayers. Yeah. Like you, I told when I like launch, I'm like, I kind of feel naked and everyone's watching. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, you're, you're kind of asking for criticism, but yes. I joke, but I'm like, but man, when I, I feel like the, the obedience factor makes me bulletproof, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause you know, that comes shock- behind it, you know, that yeah, he's there, and, like, Whatever might come from it, there's, it's going to be good if you're, if it's what he wants you to do, you know? And it's changing me first and foremost. Yeah. <laughs> like when we're obedient, I feel like he's, he's like secretively giggling probably like, oh, daughter or son, like you even know this is yeah. going to do so much in you. 
This is going to be a tool of making you more like me, making you see people more clearly, making you love better. Yeah. And so it's just this like beautiful picture of how he uses all things for good. Um, okay. So this podcast is called This Changed My Life. <laughs> and one of my favorite little things to, to ask and to talk about are just random things. It could be a book, a lipstick, a hair product, a scripture, silly to serious, whatever it is. What is one thing that has changed your life? <laughs> Maverick City, worship, music. That will songs. change your life. Yeah, their songs are just so good. Oh, they are so good. Every time another Every one comes time. out, I'm like, you have like a straight shot to the Holy Spirit. And he's just like, boom. Yeah, he's boom. like, here we go. Here we go. Thank you for coming on here, Des. And seriously, listeners, please go check out her book. Yeah. And where can they find you on um, your podcast? Yeah, you can um, head to DesireeSickFree.com to pre-order the book, order the book, and get your freebies uh, when you pre-order. And just follow along on Instagram at DesireeSickFree. And then the uh, podcast is Heart of Purpose Podcast. Yes, and your prayer... Prayer dev. dev. Yeah. Okay. Working on You got those, so many. You're I amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you for joining us today. Such an honor to get to talk to you. Thank you so much.